you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. On today's NFL Fantasy Live podcast, it was a rough week for injuries. Find out who you need to claim off the waiver wire to fill in for your hobbled starter. Also, hey, that's the bad news. You want some bad news? Six teams are on a bye week. We give you waiver wire replacements for those on a bye as well. Plus, you want to crime your drink? Well, we are too. An appearance from our fantasy bartender. All coming up right here on this installment of your NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Matt Money Smith here with Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano and the Admiral Akbar Baja B. Amila will be joined shortly by Molly Kiram and Adam Rank. And I just do want to let our viewing audience know that right before we came on, the social assassins and coup d'etat were engaging in some sort of preliminary trade discussions. That's right. We're no, working on no, it. not allowed. Not allowed with this guy. Not after what he did to me. Oh, he's ago. so bitter. You cannot make a trade on the set of Fantasy Live because it won't come we're to fruition. We're working on something. All right, let's get to Monday Night Football. I was trying to uh, put it off, but here we go. A highlight of Monday Night Football. Giants versus the Vikings. (laughs) There's Josh Freeman getting a start after showing up yesterday at the Vikings facility. Eli Manning, under a minute to play first quarter. Giants are punting. Return man, Marcus Sherrells. Here he goes. You see the flag. Oh Would not come to bear any fruit, Ooh, though, that. with got, that yellow piece speed of laundry. Oh, oh, put the crossover on him. Help him, mama. Six yards for the touchdown. The penalties, as I mentioned, on Ooh, the Giants. Horse including what could have been a horse collar on Ooh, old Weatherford that's there. That's $15,000 down the drain. Tom Coughlin, yeah, a little upset. Tends to get upset when things like that happen. Vikings lead 7-3. Here you go. Second quarter. Giants, first and 10. Manning, two. Ruben Randall for the Akeem? 24. No, not. Akeem uh, had an opportunity right before that play. And, and he, dropped it. Yeah, he quit the route and dropped it. Giants lead 10-7 at halftime. Now, who's that? What? Uh, H-I-L-L-I-S. I'm coming straight from the couch. Fantasy alert. Peyton Hillis, 14.1 points. 17-7 Giants. Fourth quarter, under a minute to play. Here's a fourth and 11. Josh Freeman, accuracy. Nope. Not so much. Too far ahead of his receiver. Nah, give him a break. See, just seven days in this offense. Yeah, and there he is. No business starting that game in the first place. And you see there, 20. That That is a five. 20 of 53 
First off, that's a lot of passes and, uh, and a lot of incompletes. Well, look, in, in Leslie Frazier's defense, they don't have a real good running back on that team. So you don't yeah. want to run the ball a lot. Yeah. You'd be better served having a guy that showed up midweek throw 53 <laughs> passes. Can I tell you something? This is something I never thought I would say after Peyton Hillis's big season in Cleveland. He scored more fantasy points than Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Say what? Nearly Only nine. Only this oh, week, which has been points. crazy. That's, more. How does that happen? I mean, well, I don't get it. I 12 carries. It. 12 carries, and How there is strife and discord in Minneapolis because of it. Adrian Peterson clearly not happy with his role in that game, an opportunity for the Vikings to pick up a win against a struggling New York Giants team. They did not. So let's get to it. Josh Freeman, 53 pass attempts, and of the 53, Oh, I'd say about 52 of them were wildly off target. Well, they yeah. were wildly off target because of his 6'6 six, six frame. I mean, you saw him overthrowing. You saw him throwing him too high. And, and there was times that he was throwing it too low. You know, he just wasn't comfortable in this no. offense. Uh, you can tell that around him. Paralysis by analysis yep. is what they call that on the football field. And it showed. But, you know, shame on the, on the coordinators for not getting Adrian Peterson the ball to get him going to build that confidence in the young quarterback. Well, and speaking of those coordinators, Fabs, what did they not lean on? This guy right here, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. A lot of play-action fakes. All he was doing was blocking, staying in to protect Josh Freeman for what I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe they have the Giants' defense on their fantasy team. I have no clue. But Adrian Peterson needs to get more than 13 carries against the Giants, who are all banged up on defense. This was just an awful display well, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. And part of this is on Adrian Peterson because, remember, last season he ran against eight- and nine-man box, so he's very capable of running against that. Yes, they stacked the box up, but this Giants defense, they came off the ball, they shed blockers, and was able to stop Adrian Peterson, and he was not productive. Well, and, and I do – look, you mentioned they did not – they did not fear the passing attack of Christian Ponder last year. Adrian Peterson still darn near broke the single-season rushing record. The difference here was they really didn't respect the passing game. You mentioned the coordinators, and shame on them for not getting Adrian Peterson the ball. Shame on them for playing Josh Freeman in the first place. He looked like he had no Agreed. business being out Agreed. there, did not know what the offense was supposed to do. They were in wrong positions. He was constantly trying to look to his receivers to figure out which way they have? were going. 16 overthrows? It was, it was but, bad. But here's, it was one bad. Thing, here's one thing out of all of those lowlights that we saw from Josh Freeman, here's one thing I can say. He's got a stronger arm than Christian Ponder. Certainly. So I think definitely as he starts to mature in this offense, they can definitely get some more of the vertical yep. game going with Cordero Patterson you know and Greg Jennings as well. Who's that? Jamarcus Russell. Well, yeah. <laughs> well he's a better quarterback than Jamarcus Russell. That's not fair. No, That's I, not I fair. I'm just give him, fun with give him a full week with the offense, with Green Bay. A little too early to write off everybody on the Vikings sure. just right. yet. Let's get one more look at it. Let's go to the running back that showed up midweek. People didn't even realize he was still playing football. In New York, Brandon Jacobs just destroyed the Bears and then was in pedestrian clothes on the sidelines. So Peyton Hillis was the guy, Fabs. Yeah, unbelievable. And yesterday on Twitter, people were asking me, well, who's going to start? It went from Peyton Hillis, and it was Michael Cox, and it was back to Peyton Hillis. He started, he was the better back, and, and I gotta tell you, with six teams off, if Brandon Jacobs doesn't play against the Eagles in week eight, guess who's gonna be on the waiver wire and picked up by a lot of people in fantasy? Peyton Hillis. This this season has been insane. I can't believe he came straight off the couch to do it, but I'll tell you another guy that I was impressed Who? with was Ruben Randall. Yeah. Ruben Randall is a straight baller. You can forget everything that you know because you're so in love with Victor Cruz and his ability to salsa dance. Hakeem, you know, I mean, my son works. He hadn't worked for you at all. I mean, and so Ruben Randall and Eli Manning sees that, and now all of a sudden he's targeting him. He's beating. Look at this. 
beats his man on one-on-one coverage. You've got to do that when you're a wide receiver, and he did it well. Well, you know what he showed? He showed energy. He showed that he wanted to be there, and that's something that you would think Akeem Nix would show considering he is in a contract year, but he didn't. So way to go, Ruben Randall. The other big, obviously, uh, performer was the Giants' defense, and they've always been big performers because they sacked the quarterback a lot. Just hasn't happened this year up to this point, fans. Yeah, in fantasy, they've been awful, so a lot of people did not start the Giants' defense, and I would not tell you to go out and pick them up because this was probably a one-week thing. The Vikings' defense scored a lot of fantasy points, too, mostly on that kick return. Yeah, exactly, from Sheryls. All right, well, there you go. That's going to do it for the Monday game and Week 7. Time to take a look at the latest news and headlines as we look forward to Week 8. All right, Money, thank you. It's time for some news and notes. Adam Rank here to give you the fantasy spin. Hello, Adam. Hello. We start in the Big Easy as ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Jimmy Graham is still not 100% after the Saints bye week. Adam, are you worried about starting Graham this week? Very worried about this. A lot of times when big-name players end up on the injury report, I think of Calvin Johnson a couple of weeks ago, we kind of brush it aside and go, oh, it's a big name, he'll play. But we saw that a couple of weeks ago when Megatron didn't play. So I'm very concerned. So if you have Jimmy Graham on your team, go out and get Jordan Reed. Oh, good pickup as yes. I do. Graham, before the injury, led the league in receiving yards. Meanwhile, in the city of brotherly love, the Matt Barkley era in Philadelphia may have already reached its end for now. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports Michael Vick will be back at quarterback for the Eagles Week 8 against the Giants, despite battling a hamstring injury that has kept him out of two games. Adam, are you concerned about Vick's effectiveness? I know you like this matchup, though. I really do like the matchup, and I look at the Giants' defense, and I think Michael Vick can go out and get a lot of points in that team. I like Deshaun Jackson. I like Shady McCoy this week. I like all the guys. I just don't like Matt Barkley. And Nick Foles also obviously out with that head injury. In the Big D, Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett was asked yesterday about the possibility of shutting down Miles Austin. Here's what he had to say about the injury-plagued receiver. Warmed up well, so we gave him a chance to play in the ball game. And uh, I thought he did fine. He's not quite uh, himself. Uh, he really had a good start to the season and uh, had some explosiveness and quickness to him. was very productive for us. Then he, then he tweaked that hamstring a couple of weeks ago and hasn't really been the same. So we've got to make sure we get him healthy, and, and hopefully we can, we can do that and have some other guys play for him until he's ready to really roll. All right, Adam, clearly Nod himself is now the time to drop Miles Austin. We told you to drop him a month ago. This guy has been injury-prone for a long Don't time. Don't get mad at me. I am mad at you. I'm taking that very personally. But Terrence Williams is the guy to go and pick up for the Dallas Cowboys. He's shown, even with Miles Austin in there, he was the number two receiver behind Des Bryant. So now that Miles Austin is no longer in there, Terrence Williams is the guy to own. He had another touchdown this week. He scores every week. He does, Adam. And it's that time of year where players return from the pup list. One of those players is Seahawks wide receiver Percy Harvin. Is now a good time for owners to grab the playmaker before the rest of the pack jump on board? Absolutely. Of my 45 teams that I have, I think 43 of them. How many teams? Ah, 40. I exaggerate a little bit, but most of them are derivatives off of Percy Harvin's name. I'm excited about him coming back. The only caveat there is that they play on Monday night, so it's a little bit risky. Unless you have, like, Golden Taylor, Sidney Rice, who you can put in there in case Percy doesn't play, it's going to be a real big risk. The Seahawks make- have to activate him in the next three weeks or he's done for the year. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, no, he's practicing, so just make sure he's on your roster. Got it. Another player set to come off the pup list is the Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart. What is Stewart's value as he eyes a week nine return to action? Yeah, you really need to pick this guy up because you will see as we go on this week talking about all the injuries, all the bye weeks, that Jonathan Stewart is somebody to pick up and own on your roster. And I like him going forward. I like him to eventually come up 
and take the job away from D'Angelo Williams. Williams had his opportunity to go out and establish himself as the number one running back, but it always seemed he just can't do it. He just can't get over the hump. We've always felt that Jonathan Stewart was the more explosive. So you think player. he'll take the job? They won't yes. split time. All right, more good news in hot Atlanta as Falcons head coach Mike Smith expects running back Steven Jackson to return to practice this Wednesday. Adam, if S. Jax is good to go, do you hesitate putting him in your lineup this week? Which of my 45 teams are we talking about? Because I, I have him in virtually every one of them. Are you them. winning all 45? No. Okay. No, because I drafted Steven Jackson in the majority <laughs> of them. And you know what? Jaquiz Rogers has been so good in his absence that I'm not sure that Steven Jackson is going to come in and be the number one running back there. So I'm going to wait. I, I, I want to put him back. I want a little bit of a return on my second-round investment. But until he comes out and shows me something, I really can't trust him. And obviously they have Snelling as well. Now we head up north. Bill's head coach Doug Marone was asked yesterday about the poor play of running back C.J. Spiller. Here's what he had to say. I would think the injury it has everything, you know what I'm saying, really yeah. to do with it, not, not some of it. And I think that it's the same thing. You know, we're looking at the production, seeing if he's getting better and not putting him out there in jeopardy. What do we do here? I want to be one of those guys in the crowd just asking them questions. Like, hey, uh, Doug, yeah, Adam Rank here. Uh, remember when you said you were going to run him 350 times? Is it the ankle or is it he's just not playing very well? I mean, It'd be a stand-up comedy routine with you in there. I think it's like a cold open of Saturday Night Live or something. like. That. Anyways, Fred Jackson has been the much more effective running back there. Well, you know what? We'll talk more about that when we get to my rankings. Ranks? Uh, rankings? Ranks, rankings. I can't believe I, I got that off all, the tongue so nicely. I can't give it all away at the top of the show. Got to leave something. We wait for them every Wednesday. We call that a tease in the business. Ah, is that what it's called? One other thing I want to mention in Indy, some unfortunate news. Reggie Wayne officially on the IR with that torn meniscus in ACL. So keep mm-hmm. your eye on Darius Hayward Bay and T.Y. Hilton. Oh, no. I got a guy that you got to gotta see. I, I can't give it away Who? now. Ranks 11 comes out on Wednesday. I'll have him then. This guy. It's a tease, He's right? a pro. Still to come, we visit the Fantasy Bar. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Where we share stories of fantasy pain as we seek solace heading into the midway point. One of our fantasy experts made a smooth move in Week 7. We'll tell you what he did and how you can follow his lead to fantasy success. He's certainly enjoying that success. That's coming up next, NFL Fantasy Live. Hand off to Matthews. Turns the corner. 15, 10, near side at the 5. Running play, Mendenhall. Did he get to the goal line? Yes, touchdown, Arizona. And off Matthews, sliding to the right, and there it is. Touchdown, San Diego. And now it's time for the Lenovo Fantasy Coach of the Week here. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The winner is Matt Money Smith, who beat America's team. It is very dangerous to crown you. That's all I have to say. What was the last time I was here, Molly? When was the last time I appeared at this desk? We all know why. When you got that one win against me. That's right. One for the bad guys. How many times have we played? One time. Undefeated right here against Molly Kiram and Team American. We're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, way to keep track of your record. So you started Ryan Matthews over Rashard Mendenhall. Take us through that process. Well, it was a tough thought process, I'll tell you, because Rashard Mendenhall's playing on Thursday night. I like playing running backs on Thursday night because quarterbacks typically do not fare very well. It's a vanilla package on offense, which means a lot of running backs. But I opted to sit Rashard Mendenhall because they were playing the Seahawks. You look at the Jaguars' defense, you feel pretty good about Ryan Matthews, who, by the way, a bit of a renaissance here for Ryan Matthews. 
Matthews. He's rushed for over 100 yards three of the last four games. I like Ryan Matthews moving forward as well. So that's kind of what into the thought process. So it's more so the matchup. Let's show your team now against America's team. And I know you you were very happy to take down America. I was. And you see here, I I got big production from what I like to call the big three right there. The two backs and the dominant wide receiver that is Calvin Johnson. I picked late in the draft, so I got Forte in the first round, came right back, took Calvin Johnson. I defeated America's team without even having the benefit of my third-round pick, Drew Brees, I'd like to point out. Nick Foles, I expected to do big things for me. But you know what? More important than this scoreboard and me dominating America's team by 30 points, I think there is a more important issue at hand, Molly. And, and if I could just get to my single here, this is this is a message I like to share with the people because, see right here, I, um, I got this. I got this oh, no. right here. This comes um, from viewer Sandra Q from Waterbury, Connecticut. And it says... Dearest Mr. Smith, I wanted to share my great concern and source of consternation as it pertains to Team America. You see, I fear Team America has been relying on past successes. They've grown arrogant, complacent, and desperately need a reality check to forge ahead. I feel Suey Soup Sifters are the perfect vehicle for this reminder. Well, Sandy, first of all, Mr. Smith is too formal. You can call me Matt. I hear your concerns, and that's why this week was important for me, Molly. I'll tell you why, because Team America has gotten complacent. They are relying on that five-game win streak Wait, against inferior competition. Is, is Sandra Q's last name Karam? I don't know. It just said Sandra Q. But here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I'll tell you, Team America. You may know that George Washington crossed the Delaware, but you don't know what Nathaniel Green did to get him to that point. They don't know who Betsy Ross is. They don't know what a rampart is that they're watching over. And that's why Team America had to go down. And that's why this guy was the one. To Got do the it. W. Please don't give this man any more coffee. Thank some. you, Sandra Q from yeah. Waterbury, the Dirty Water, for writing in. Ryan Matthews, mm-hmm. you started him just because of the matchup. No, I started him to defeat Team America. That's why <laughs> okay. I started Molly. All right. And the matchup as well. Okay, moving on yes. here, though. You have quite the decision this week. Week seven, both your backs, Matt Forte and Ryan Matthews, are on a bye. So what do you plan on doing to fill the void in well, week eight? Well, obviously, I feel good about Richard Mendenhall. He got that touchdown against the Seahawks. He is certainly still the feature back in Arizona ahead of Dre Ellington, even though we've grown a little enamored with the backup like we do any backup that starts to get a little bit of uh, love. But I'm going to hit the waiver wire, and I like Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart's going to come off that pup list this week. Carolina likes to run the ball. What did I just say about Thursday Night Football? Vanilla defense. They run a lot. Not a lot of fancy packages throwing the ball all over the place, so I'm going to pick up Jonathan Stewart, start him, and you know what? Maybe, uh, Maybe I get the win. Maybe I don't this week. But I like Jonathan Stewart moving forward because that's what Carolina likes to do. That's how they had their success at 3-3 three and three now with a dominant defense. They are going to stick to the ground game, and that means Jonathan Stewart going to have a lot of touches moving forward, specifically in that goal line package. So I am very comfortable starting him this week. So we know he's eyeing a Week 9 return. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ryan Matthews over yep. Rashard Mendenhall beating America's team makes you... The Novo Coach of the Week, Thank my you. friend. Hope to have you back sometime. Hope, yeah. you're, hope you're not one and done. No, come on. It would be two and done, by the way, because I defeated you a couple weeks ago. And again, a big thank you to Sandy for sending that letter that really just got me going. It took on Simmer Team down now. Simmer down. We, right. got a, we got a full show to get okay. to. All right. Still to come, just because their backups on the depth chart doesn't mean they won't help you take home the win in fantasy. We've got a few backups to plug and play for your injured stars. That's coming up. Plus, which other players off the waiver wire could make the difference for your roster in Week 8? We're breaking down Michael Fabiano's top targets as NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Thursday, it's an NFC South clash in primetime as Cam Newton leads the Panthers into Tampa for a divisional showdown with the Bucks. Panthers, Bucks, Thursday night football. 
Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern live on NFL Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Cantina. I'm your friendly bartender, Adam Rank, here to serve up a cool glass of fantasy advice. Look at these morose guys right here. Mike, how's the world treating you? Like a baby treats a diaper, Adam. Like a baby treats a diaper. That seems pretty bad. Tom Brady is killing my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. Tom, you know, this reminds me of a story. I remember one time I had a relationship with Cam Newton. I was head over heels, and you know what? I traded him away. You can imagine how disappointed I was when he ended up winning a title with some other guy that same season. You know, I, I've been faithful to Tom for seven weeks, and he's given me one good week. I, I'm ready to break up with him. Well, let me tell you why you should stick with Tom Brady. If you look at the top quarterbacks and how many drops they've had over the last couple of years, or excuse me, the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been good. Tom Brady has been victimized by bad receiving more than anybody else. Look at the numbers here. 24 drops this season. That's a lot. But now he's got Rob Gronkowski coming back. Shane Vereen's going to come back in week 11. When you start looking forward, Michael, trust me, Tom Brady is going to be there for you. You don't want to cast him aside to have him win for somebody else. You know what? He had Gronkowski back last week. You know what he gave me? Eight points. That was last week. He's Eight got the points. Dolphins this week. But what, what, what's your troubles, young man? Man, I, I've got 99 problems, but my bench ain't one. It really isn't. I, it's my starter, C.J. Spiller. C.J. I mean, Spiller. I, I went out and, and invested a first-round pick oh, on this guy. It's rough. And I thought he was going to be the, all this for my roster, and he's done nothing. He's done You know what? This I mean, reminds me. Yeah, I remember the Bell sisters, Beverly and Joyce. Boy, one of them was a model. She was the one that everybody wanted, but she would break your heart. You want the dependable one. That's where you got to go. Fred Jackson has been the most dependable running back for that team. As a matter of fact, let, let me give you some numbers for C.J. Spiller. Even, his quarterback is look, not even good. Take a look at this production from C.J. Spiller. It just has not been good. We expected him to come out and get 350 carries. That's what they were talking about. They were going to run him to he pukes. But look at this. It's fantasy owners who have puked. 35th in fantasy points. Average. Oh, his, his numbers are down, Akbar. You got you to keep him on the bench. This is a guy I understand. He was the apple of your eye at one point. But now... It's time to move is on. Is it time to go? Just So Fred Jackson, that's it? Fred Jackson just takes him out of it? Come here. You're amongst friends. Why don't you sit here? What do you got? I heard you. somebody else is bugging you. Yeah. That Chris Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Johnson is absolutely destroying my fantasy team, you know? Uh, I feel like it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. <laughs> he is really hurting me this season. And you know, I don't know what to do with him. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with this, this Chris Johnson. God, just the other day, I was walking out of this bar. There was a young man sitting there holding the sign said he would trade Chris Johnson for virtually anything. Well, not anything because I offered him, you know, the San Diego Chargers defense and he would turn down that offer. Really? But he would trade him for anything. And I understand. Take a look at these numbers from Chris Johnson. They just aren't good. Now, I understand last week he had a pretty good game. You were excited about it. He got back into the 10-point range. But look at that. Two touchdowns. All those points right there. All his other 128 touches, 3.2. As a matter of fact, he's averaging 4.1 yards per touch. I thought you were supposed to help me feel good. What do I do with Chris Johnson? You got to put him on the bench. Don't Don't be caught off guard by one big week. If he does that again... Then you can trade him. 
have somebody else take that problem from you. You know, I could trade you, Chris Johnson. That's not who's who's bugging you now. Have you ever had your heart broken? Oh, many a times. My heart's broken. I've got this guy. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. And he's just been hanging around the wrong guys. He's just Yeah. He's got, he's got a bunch of guys around him that are a bunch of slappies. Yeah, he was he was with that religious fellow a couple of years ago and was so good and now he's falling in with but the he, wrong you know, crowd. Here's the thing that just confuses me. He has so many excuses. It's, oh, I don't have a quarterback. Oh, I went through so many quarterbacks. I don't have a receiver opposite of me. They're bringing and rolling the press coverage and all this stuff. What happened? And then all of a sudden, it's okay. I got some good news for you. Take a look at what happens when this Carson Palmer fellow, when he actually goes out and targets Larry Fitzgerald, look at the production. You look right there, 14 targets against St. Louis, 20 points. Nine targets against Tampa Bay is 12.8. And San Francisco, he had a big game with those 12 targets. This week. Was all on the road. Can, 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 can this a brother week, just get a little help at home? Can a brother get a help at home? Stay the course. It's the Atlanta Falcons this week. You saw what Vincent Jackson did to that defense. You oh, don't I'm have sorry. For me. Should I play him? What should I do with him? Start him this week against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I guarantee he'll be good for you. All right. Coming up, the world premiere of my hotly anticipated Week 8 QB rankings. Find out why RG3 is back in my top five this week when we return. It's award season on NFL Fantasy Live. Coming up, we reveal the winners of our fan voting for midseason waiver wire pickup of the year and rookie of the year. And if you're looking to bolster your roster after week seven's rash of injuries, you may not have to look very far. We'll explain. And the segment that is as informative as it is fun to say, Ranks Ranks. Find out who our own Adam Rank projects for a big day in Week 8. This is NFL Fantasy Live. And we get a look here. What a week. You want to talk about attrition. Week 7, notable injuries. Look at the quarterbacks. Jay Cutler, Sam Bradford, Jermichael Finley. Very scary moment there at at Lambeau Field after the hit from Tayshawn Gibson. Nick Folds, of course, out with the head injury. Matt Barkley looked fantastic in relief there. Arian Foster, a hamstring. Doug Martin, a shoulder. My goodness, Ben Tate, the backup to Arian Foster with a rib injury. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And with so many notable fantasy stars out of the lineup and six teams on buys this weekend. It is likely, Adam, that people are going to be scraping the bottom of that proverbial barrel this week. So, hey, are you kidding me? I've been starting Mike Glennon in a couple weeks. <laughs> you know what? I actually did start him once. It's been it's been pretty bad. So uh, let's help him out. What okay. backups can people at least rely on that we're not going to say maybe put up big numbers, right. but you at least feel good about when you're looking at that starting lineup? Well, you were talking about Doug Martin just a moment mm-hmm. ago. With him not being able to play for some time, it seems – you're going to have to go pick up Mike James and put him into your lineup. And you don't like him this week against the Carolina Panthers, who have been very tough against the run so far this season. But what we're talking about right now is opportunities. That's basically what you're looking for, especially with all the injuries, with six teams on a bye. The biggest thing going forward right now is opportunities, and it looks like he's going to get that chance. Yeah, I'll go to a pass catcher. I was at Lambeau, as a matter of fact, for that game against the Browns. Was not sure how Boykin would perform. Well, better than we expected. That's safe to say, 100 yards and a touchdown. You see the team high 10 targets. They do split them out wide there. So with the return of James Jones, I still think he will be a viable option like any pass catcher is in the Green Bay offense, especially with your Michael Finley likely out again. And they don't have another pass catching tight end. Andrew Porlis is not that, so I like Boykin moving forward. And two weeks ago, he had six targets when everybody was there so he was given the opportunity but now it seems like him and Aaron Rodgers have a little chemistry going 
Yeah, no question. Now, let's get back to the running game because, again, okay. a lot of running backs, and this is like any season, go down. Is there a viable start out there for a backup this week, Rank? What about Roy Hallou? Should we talk about Shanna Hannigan's just it's a little back bit? Just for you. It's just, back just for you. It's hard to believe this wasn't personal because I came out on Sunday and I said Freddie Morris was going to have a monster day. And yeah. Of course, Roy Hallou goes out and steals three touchdowns. But when you start looking at this, when we're looking at guys who are going to have to pick up, plug in and play, you look at Roy Hallou. He's had at least seven fantasy points in his last three games. The Broncos have given up a ton of fantasy yards. You look what Donald Brown did as a backup last week against the Denver Broncos. I'm going I'm to start Roy Hallou in one league, and I realize he's probably not going to come through. For, I, I should probably bench him because Shanahan will find out that I'm starting him, and it'll be all Freddie Morris. Yeah, no doubt. And you know it'll be a third back that ends up coming in or a full back that steals all your carries. But here we go. How about uh, playing Harry Douglas? Yeah, I don't think I'm breaking any news here with Julio, with Julio Jones out. Not Julio, but Julio. Uh, Harry's your guy, and I'll tell you why. 20.9 fantasy points against the Buccaneers. You look at the matchup this week, and, you know, whether Harry drew – Darrell Rivas or whether he drew the opposite corner, you feel good against Arizona because he proved that he can catch passes against Darrell Rivas, so he can catch him against Patrick Peterson, or he can catch him against the opposite corner as well. He was a deep threat, three receptions of over 25 yards, taking those targets that were reserved for Julio Jones. So here you go, teams on a bye. The Bears, the Titans, the Colts, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Texans. That means a lot of waiver wire targets. And for more, let's get it over to Molly Karam and the guys. Money, thank you so much. Go check your uh, fan mail while you have some time off. If you're looking for a good playoff on the waiver wire for week eight, we are here to help. A few more names to keep an eye on here, courtesy of our own Michael Fabiano. His top ten waiver wire targets. We're going to take a look at those right now. Chris Ivory, Jacquez Rogers, Percy Harvin, Terrence Williams, Harry Douglas, and many more. But I want to focus right now on Percy Harvin. He was sidelined all season on the IR with a hip injury. He returned to practice this week. Might not be back this week, Fabs, but is this the time to pick him up? Yeah, you've got to get ahead of the curve. And I actually said last week, pick him up last week because he's going to be one of the hottest names on the waiver wire. You're getting a guy, Molly, who, if he was healthy in the preseason, was Akbar a, a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football? So good. You're getting him off the waiver wire, and maybe he starts off slow and you can't start him, but we're only getting into the end of October through November. We get to the stretch run where the fantasy playoffs start. Percy Harvin's got to be added now. And the Seahawks, we know, have to activate him over the next three weeks. Jordan Reed, the tight end, has been flying under the radar in the year of breakout tight ends. He might be as good as anybody, Akbar. Well, we're starting to see this offense for the Redskins really starting to develop now. Now that RG3 knee is starting to get a little stronger, he's starting to feel a little bit more confident. And what does that do? We're starting to see that he has now another formidable weapon in Jordan Reed. He is starting to be – he's a mismatch for these uh, linebackers, and he showed that capitalizing on nine targets, bringing in nine receptions for 139 yards and a touchdown. This guy's big-time, primetime, showtime, all-time good time. Yeah, he is. I should have picked him up instead of Joseph Fourier. All right, let's go to the Jets' backfield. We know they're committed to running the ball, and it seems like Chris Ivory's emerging as their go-to guy. Well, we'll see. He had 34 carries last week, was huge, and Powell basically did nothing. So it looks like Ivory has stepped up and Powell has stepped back, but there is sometimes some Shanahanigans that goes on there in New York. 
So you pick him up. I don't necessarily think you start him this week in Cincinnati, but Ivory's definitely worth a I roster spot at this there. point. You accidentally slipped up and called him Blah Powell. I saw what you did <laughs> there. Blah You're saying he's Blah. His play's been Blah. I didn't blah. say that. I think I saw what you did there. I didn't there. say that. Now he's going to tweet me. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Colts now. We know Reggie Wayne on the IR officially. Akbar, we reported that earlier. So what does this do for Bebe Darius Hayward Bay? Well, I think what they're going to have to do is he's not going to replace uh, Reggie Wayne. He is not Reggie Wayne, but I think he has a lot of speed, and that's what Al Davis saw in him when he drafted Darius Hayward Bay. And so it's going to be up to Coach Pagano and Pep Hamilton to use him in a lot of type of gadget plays to get him going. That's the way you build receivers like like Darius Hayward Bay. Sometimes could be known for stone ends, but he came out and put up a really good performance. He showed up, he stepped up. Look at this little gadget play here they used to get him into the end zone. I think you're going to see a lot more of this, and you're going to see him run a lot of those vertical route screens. So you get him in that motion, I think he could be a very good play. I say you pick him up because now Andrew Luck has to find somebody to throw to. And more T.Y. Hilton as well with that unfortunate news. Another guy who's really stepped up, that'd be Terrence Williams, even with Miles Austin back, but limited. He's been great. Yeah, and Miles Austin is going to be limited here for the next couple of weeks so he can get healthy. Regardless, Terrence Williams is a guy that you pick up and you play this week against the Detroit Lions. That should be an absolute shootout at Ford Field. Terrence Williams should be owned in more fantasy leagues than Miles Austin right now, and the opposite is true. That needs to change. TDs in three straight games for him, pretty good. With so many injuries to key players this week, you got to work the waiver wire, right? Absolutely. A lot of great deals there. Thank hey, you, gentlemen. Just so you know, I'm following my own advice. I went up and picked up Jordan Reed. I wouldn't go and put a claimer for him right now, so I need another tight end. Greg Olson has been cutting it for me. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Maybe that's why you hey, lost to Jimmy Graham. Oh, wow. Jimmy Graham's on the block. All right, well, you and I are going to negotiate. We're going to talk a little bit. Coming up, we're revealing the first of our midseason fantasy awards for 2013. The votes are in. See who the fans picked as their waiver wire pickup of the year at the halfway point of the regular season. Plus, Adam Rank's top 10 running backs for week 8 contain a few surprises. See which guys might deserve a spot in your starting lineup right after this. Robert takes, going inside. It's a touchdown! Welcome back. Adam Rank, your big quarterback play of week seven was Jay Cutler. That one obviously didn't pan out due to the groin injury. (laughs) But if Josh McCown, I guess, was a guy, it certainly looked like it would have. Let's get to who you got on the hit list for week eight. I like RG3 this week. And if you look at what he's done over the last couple of weeks, I like him. Of course, you know, you have the you have the three wise men to start off here. Manning, Breeze, Rogers. I wouldn't think about starting anybody over those guys. Romo, Stafford, Cam Newton starting to come back. Tom Brady, I have a little bit of yeah, confidence a in. A little bit. I, I, let's emphasize the word little bit. I don't I'm, know about I'm him. I'm confident in it. Well, I wouldn't be. I mean, well, I guess you got Gronk back, though. So I, I see what you're saying here. I got you. I got to believe you like Griffin because they're starting to do the read option offense a little bit more, and this is where you're getting all those points. Yeah, 155 rushing yards over the past two games. He is back to being the running quarterback that we all drafted him to be. And realize, I don't know if you knew this, he's coming off a knee injury. And people were, huh? everybody's getting crazy about that. Of course, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get more comfortable back there. Adrian Peterson, we saw it last year, didn't really get comfortable to about the midway point of the season. So now, and the, reason, and the reason why is because with that surgery, as you go through the process, you start getting stronger and stronger. And you're seeing that with RG3. I like that pick right there. All right, Colin Kaepernick, here you see it. Back for fantasy owners, 15 plus in each of the last two. Well, yeah. he- 
I love this pick at number 10 because he's got to earn his way back up. We had so much high hopes for Colin Kaepernick, but now he's starting to do exactly what RG3, uh, coincidentally around the same time, making plays with his feet. Back-to-back games. Decent games. And I really like the matchup this week against the Jaguars. That's why I have him so high. There's a lot of uh, quarterbacks on a bye this week, but not a lot of great starting quarterbacks. Right. If you look at the, I mean, Matt Schaub, was he going to start for you anyways? But when you look at the quarterback position, you know, it you seems got, like you got him at ten though against the Jags. I know it's at London. You got to cross the pond. You got to deal with the tour. Higher or lower? I think just higher than Brady. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. Still, even high. though Gronk is back, I mean, seventeen targets for Gronk. What does that say about the rest of the offense? And but the he dropped more than fifty percent of those balls, and so you're going to still see a lot of that yeah. from Gronk. He still needs to get back into into game shape as far as that that type of coordination. But I would fight for Russell. Wilson, you and I in the green room to get him a, a Okay, above, Wilson, you know, Wilson's there. at number 11, and okay. that's a guy that I was thinking about. And you think about yep. Tom Brady, too. Last week, it was the matchup. Tom Brady historically doesn't play very well against the Jets, the Jets. but playing against the Dolphins, he's usually very good against them. All right, let's get to the running backs and the ranks uh, for week eight and what we're looking at here. Jamal Charles at the top, no argument there. He's been one of the most consistent running backs in fantasy football. I drafted him in the first round in our Experts League, and I have been riding him all year. And, of course, no Sean Marino was a guy that I drafted in the middle of the late rounds, and he's paid off. He's actually Certainly. been a lot better than the number two guy I drafted, Steven Jackson. So that hasn't worked out too At well. At least you only put Steven Jackson on every one of your fantasy teams this close, year, Frank. Close. <laughs> eight of nine. Eight of go. nine. There is one. Let's get to number uh, eight there and the rookie, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you know what? The first week he came back, we all kind of missed out on it. We kind of kept him off the bench because he was going up against the Vikings. We wanted to see what he could do, and then he had a bye week, and then we rushed him back into the lineup. But now I'm very confident with him going forward, and the big reason is, and Matt, we talked about this earlier, it's opportunities. You know, he's getting the chance with the Steelers. There's not a lot of running backs out there who just are the bell cow running back, and I know exactly what bell cow means. I know where that comes it, from. So, yeah. well, well, well that, and I love that. Probably no pun intended there with this with there this wasn't. kid. But the fact, <laughs> but the fact that he's going up against the Oakland Raiders uh, also makes it likely that he's going to succeed. I think he's going to get his first hundred yard game. What about the bane of my preseason draft prediction existence, Fred Jackson, and what he's doing with this Bills offense? Yeah, he has been. The he's most the guy. Con- he's the most consistent guy, and there's just there comes a point where you just can't ignore it anymore. I know a lot of times I'm very stubborn with guys, hence Tom Brady still being in the top ten for me. But with Fred Jackson, you know what? The numbers say you have to start him, so I'm starting him each and every week. You know, call it the way it is. He stole the show from C.J. Spiller. I mean, he just outproduced him, outworked him. We we already knew that C.J. Spiller coming in was going to be the guy, but, you know, Freddie... Freddie Jackson is just doing his thing out there. And Doug Marone says, good pick. Yeah, Doug, Doug Marone still says C.J. Spiller is battling that ankle injury. So until he's completely healthy, Fred Jackson has to play. You can make the argument they like to shard choice more than they like yeah. C.J. Spiller Very these true. days. All right, let's get to the wide receivers, the pass catchers, and how it shakes out. No surprise, the man that stays at number one ought to be number one every single week unless he has a bye. But let's get, uh, let's get beyond that. The top three should probably stay the same yep. each and every week. Jordy Nelson I like this week going up against the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings hasn't played very well against them historically, but feel like this is the week that he's going to come and break out. Victor Cruz was a little bit disappointing on Monday night, but again, love the matchup there. Deshaun Jackson, love the matchup. Great history against the New York Giants. And again, Josh McCown Look at put it on Broncos. the Redskins secondary, <laughs> yeah. and the Redskins secondary is headed to Sports Authority Field at Mile High, and this is the guy of the trio that you like. I really like him because, as you see right there, he leads the team in targets. and It seemed like everybody got a little bit too concerned when he was left out of the touchdown frenzy in week one, but since that time, he has been their most consistent guy. It seems like he scores a touchdown each and every week, and I know when I was in my, our experts league, 
Eric Decker was going in that Sunday night game. I knew I could count on him for 10 points. You know, I, I don't agree that you have Eric Decker as the number one uh, Broncos wide receiver. Not high enough? No, I, I go Wes Welker. Then no. Demarius Thomas, no. then Eric Decker. That's they're how double, I see it. And I know right now they're doing this, shaming Demarius during, Thomas. during this stretch, but they're, they're going to start to see Eric Decker now starting to make all these plays. Nobody, they're going to have to pay no. attention to Eric Decker. He's nope, killing they're going to they're gonna have to trust that somebody can cover, cover him in single coverage. Well, because you can, in the, in you the cannot, last three games, we haven't seen that. You cannot put single coverage on Demarius Thomas. or he will, I, I well, Apparently, you can't do single coverage against Eric if Decker If I may well. jump in and flex my football brain for a moment. The one thing I'd be concerned about with the Broncos moving forward is less 11 personnel. You're going to have to start playing more two tight end sets because you saw how they were teeing off on Peyton as much as they want to spread that ball out and start chucking it to wide they're receivers. Gonna, they're they're, they're going to have, they're gonna have to be better with their in. pass protection yeah. because Peyton Manning can't afford to get hit like that. But one thing I know about Peyton Manning is he will play what the defense is giving him. And there's going to be a defense there saying, you know what, we're concerned about Decker. DT gets to get the big play there. All right. Well, agree to disagree, I guess. Maybe you guys can uh, formulate a trade that you won't execute. No, <laughs> see Adam Rank and the rest of our experts' rankings for Week 8. Check out, uh, check them out at NFL.com slash fantasy football slash rankings. Still to come, our midseason fantasy awards are just minutes away. Who is our fantasy rookie of the year through the midway point of the fantasy regular season? We'll tell you when we get back. The NFL is reaching out to its fans to find out why they love football. Share your story, and you could win the ultimate trip to Super Bowl 48. For official rules, please go to TogetherWeMakeFootball.com. We are halfway through the fantasy regular season. We know not halfway through the regular season, but the fantasy season. Time to hand out some hardware. Remember, the people can vote for the fantasy midseason awards on the NFL Network Facebook page at facebook.com slash NFL Network. So let's take a look, guys, at our first two awards, starting with the midseason waiver wire award. The nominees, Philip Rivers. Look at that. Third most points in the NFL, 137.58. Julius Thomas, second amongst tight ends there with his 90-plus halfway through. And, yeah, the Chiefs defense running away with the award. But let's get started on Julius Thomas and why he is one of our nominees. And it's got to be because he has not let you down in a single week. Yeah, he's been unbelievably good this season. And he wasn't even on the radar in most fantasy football drafts. It's unbelievable to me that this kid is doing what he's doing, considering how many miles there are to feed in that Denver pass attack. And it's coming at a position where you don't get a lot of production from a lot of guys. Week to week, it seems like some fantasy owners have to just struggle to find a tight end. But this guy has been rock solid. Yeah, and give credit to Peyton Manning, who's been able to find him when those mismatches are there on the field. Uh, and the key there, you saw it, six or seven weeks, a touchdown. When you get a touchdown from your tight end, it's already made your week, and you're likely going to get a jump on your Golden. opponent. Uh, however, the winner is not Julius Thomas, but... What? Well, there's Philip Rivers, there's huh? Julius Thomas, okay. 19% each, and... Chiefs D. Wow. But that's just it. Wow. You want a couple of stats? The Chiefs' defense right now would be eighth at quarterback based on fantasy points, okay. second at running back, and 25 points ahead of the best receiver. I mean, that's unreal production. Think about that. Think about that. You've got the second best running back in your defensive spot. You've got the best wide receiver 
in your defensive spot but based how on did, fantasy. How, and how did we get to this point? When you look at this defense, so tenacious when those guys are coming off the edge. Of course, Tom Bahali, Dontario Pole in the middle, bringing a lot of pressure. But then they've got a safety, a ball hawking, and yet a physical safety in Eric Berry who can get up there, play the run, and also go out there and survey the field. He's got a lot of, you know, sideline to sideline mobility. I love this defense. This defense is going to continue to produce. Yeah, pressure at all three levels. That's the key. And it does help that they play in the AFC West and get the Raiders twice. Yes. Here we go. The <laughs> midseason fantasy awards. The best rookie nominees are Keenan Allen. Come on strong. Has been coming on strong these past few weeks to see the 51-plus fantasy points this season. Gio Bernard, 12th among running backs. If you're in a 12-team league, there you go. He is an RB1 and Eddie Lacy of the Green Bay Packers. But let's get started with Gio Bernard and what I believe is going to be more touches, more production in the weeks to come for a team that looks like the class of the AFC North. Well, I'll tell you why. This offense hasn't had this type of running back in a long time, and he's different. He's a different breed. He's a Darren Sproles slash Reggie Bush put into one. You put him out in the space, and Marvin right now is learning how to use Giovanni, and each week you see him becoming more and more part of this offense, and he's making the most of his opportunities. I really like the way they've been using him. Him coupled with the loft. It's been a great uh, marriage there. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the nominees and see who comes out ahead. Here you go. Gio Bernard, 21%. Keenan Allen, 23%, which means 56% Uh Eddie Lacy. We can now confirm the projections are true. Eddie Lacy has won it. That's my (laughs) one point. That's sort of more of a uh, what have you done for me lately because Gio Bernard has been the best rookie in fantasy up to this point in the season, but I can tell you something right now, Money. Eddie Lacy is going to lead a lot of people to a fantasy championship. He is the real deal. Yeah, they are running the ball in Green Bay now. He's just shy of the 100-yard mark against the Browns, who have not given up 100 yards to a running back this season, but he did have that touchdown. A great week against a very stout Browns defense going to Minnesota this week. Oh, oh start him. Uh, here we go. These are our awards that we'll be handing out later this week. The biggest comeback nominees, Antonio Gates at the tight end position, and of course, Shady McCoy making a run at the number one running back this season. And of course, Matthew Stafford after a bad 2012 bouncing back here. Now the biggest bust oh nominee boy. is Colin Kaepernick. You see at the quarterback position, expected to use his legs, but just 17th. Trent Richardson. It's a little uh, too well. early for Kaepernick. <laughs> a little bit, but again, it's midway point. Season. But we dropped. Right. Had Coming up tomorrow, we'll discuss this tomorrow. Our resident fantasy doctor, Dr. Neil Gadadra, joins us in studio to give the lowdown on some of the league's big injuries. That and more on NFL Fantasy Live Wednesday, 5 Eastern on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.